The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya, and we're going to be talking about physical assets, real money. Not just paper money, but real money. And um, the number one eight seven seven eight silver Jerry, it's been quite a busy week. A lot of people getting involved in the market. What would you say is the number one trend and reason why people are getting involved in the gold and silver market right now? And do you find people are looking at one metal over the other? Mm-hmm. Great questions. So as opposed to two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, the main con- area of concern was the number one Google search, which was inflation. Inflation was on the top of everyone's mind. It still is. It still uh, is, is paramount for people to um, figure out how to com- combat inflation and rising inflation, potential hyperinflation. Uh, but over the past couple of weeks, it's been um, how do I undigitize my wealth? How do I remove and shift things around? I have to see a lot of people moving from institutional banks over to credit unions and people are sort of, you know, they're pivoting with the various uh, moves geopolitically and um, they're looking to safeguard their wealth into something, um, something tangible. They want to own something in their hands, own something in their portfolio that they know is going to be there for the long haul. Well, we'll well, let's dig into gold versus gold. silver yeah. in a few minutes, but let, let's start with a big topic, which is how safe is gold, physical gold and silver in Canada? It's a very good question. I think it is a safe bet to, for, for new investors to, to explore the ownership of, of gold, especially in, in times where we're seeing um, the potential of a grab on the gold, maybe the discussion of confiscation comes up a lot. Uh, but the mere fact that Canadians are very under uh, underinvested in gold as a whole, the entire population of Canada is 30, 35 million, about a fraction of 1% own gold. So there is relatively no gold in Canada. Canadians own no gold. We are very overinvested in other paper assets, um, real estate, and other alternatives. Gold is really under the radar, so it's a relatively safe bet to get get into gold um, without fear of a government encroachment. I mean, this is something that uh, we have to be mindful of and continue to be observant of, of the way things are moving politically here, nationally here, and internationally. But gold is a very important asset for the big players, the central banks, the countries. So we're just trying to mimic what they're doing and why they're holding gold, and it's really for safety. Yeah, there's a the biggest aspect of it is probably the the lack of counterparty risk. So you know, I think a lot of people are looking at you know Trudeau um, put in the Emergency Act. They froze bank accounts of people who were involved in supporting the trucker convoy. I think some of those have been released now, but they're saying they're gonna they've marked those accounts like they're they're going to be big brother monitoring those those people i i, I think is what really? they're doing um i, I don't know uh, but that's what I, I heard that they've lifted them but they've marked them is, mm-hmm. is what i've known i also know that they're that you know we saw and talked about the banker association looking to move forward with digital digital id for banking 
and we'll talk about that a little bit later. The fact is, is that the ability to seize a bank account was there. The ability to say, oh, if you have crypto, we're going we're gonna to take away your, your off-ramp. You're not going to be able to put that, that money into a bank account. Mm-hmm. And if you have the money in a bank account and we don't, we, we don't agree with this protest versus mm-hmm. that protest, because some could say that there was, an, in a sense, it was arbitrary as to why this one over that one, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, there's lots of protests all the time. Oh, yeah, and lots of funding all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So the question is: is I feel that we're wading into an area of the government making subjective choices as to what they want to enforce and who they what what narrative they want to push forward and which narrative they want to support. And if you are against that, here are the consequences. Mm-hmm. So I think overall that is the big fear, and the question becomes: Well. How does gold play into that? Because if you own physical gold, you know, you need currency to live every day. But, you know, you have, you've got bills to pay and, and, we, and we act in, and make exchanges every day in right. currency. Mm-hmm. But for our wealth, and this goes beyond just a geopolitical issue, for our wealth, we need to, where are we going to protect it, right? So is it protected in a vault yeah it comes down to ownership how is how is the ownership determined how what is the procedures of ownership and for us if it's not owned the right way you're compromising the nature and the wealth insurance factor of what gold offers is eliminating counterparty risks what do you mean the right way the right way so first of all it needs to be physical and it we need to know that it's approved globally by accredited refiners Um, further it needs to be segregated from all other assets in that particular vault if you're vaulting it it cannot be pooled it has to be segregated further it needs to be allocated and entitled to an entity whether it be yourself personally or your family trust or your corporation distancing itself from any other holding within that vault and what that does, it removes that asset from any entity's balance sheets. It doesn't belong to Guildhall. It doesn't belong to Quest Trade. It, does, it doesn't belong to anyone else but you. I put that to the test this week, and it, we're, we're having a lot of people taking delivery of metals from an RSP or TFSAs because of people. People's need to you know, want to be able to pivot, or they have their reasons for taking delivery. And the client had approximately 2,000 ounces. Uh, which is about um, this is about over a hundred pounds of metal, uh, and they realize, wait a minute, it's going directly to their house. Can it come to your office in Markham, Jerry? It can't come to us because I'm outside of that. Even though I helped with the purchase and sale and and etc., I'm outside of the ownership. I'm not on the ownership. Guildhall has no party with that, eliminating us even from that bullion. It has to go directly to the owner. So, it's decoupling that bullion away from any every single entity possible further it cannot be held in the on the swift system or the banking system the financial system which is just digital ones and zeros binary codes sitting on the banking ledger this needs to be physical 
outside of the banking system on a skid or a pallet on the floor. Because if you can't hold it, you don't own it. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Yeah, I think that people are very concerned about this um, this introduction of digital ID. Um, you know, we'll, we're going to get into Russian gold in a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit right now just about digital ID for a second. There was an article I saw come across our way. We posted it on our Telegram account. For those who aren't on Telegram, check it out. We've, we've got some good articles there. Um, okay, so listen to this. This came from the, the Telegraph out of, out of England. It says, uh, the Bank of England tells ministers to intervene on digital currency program. Digital cash can be programmed to ensure it is only spent on essentials or goods which an employer or government deem to be sensible. Now, this article, by the way, comes uh, is from June 2021, and it goes on to say, The Bank of England has called on ministers to decide whether a central bank digital currency should be programmable, ultimately giving, your, giving the issuer control over how it is spent by the recipient. It goes on to say programming could become a key feature of any future central bank digital currency. So I don't think it's a stretch to connect the dots from, okay, a single, you know, five, ten people get their accounts frozen to, to uh, what do they have in, in China with the social credit score, mm -hmm. right? Don't like what you have to say against the government? We'll... We'll block your account. Mm -hmm. uh, I suppose that could go even further to I'll stop your Tesla from driving more than three kilometers from your mm -hmm. house. Yeah. There, there's all sorts of ways that when you're online, it's not yours. Right. It's not your life. If you are on, you know, Twitter or, or Facebook, there's a reason it's free. You're, you're money to them. They're selling your information. Mm -hmm. That's true. So and and they can cut you off just as fast. We've seen millions of people cut off from from Twitter for supposed misinformation. Sure, right? Who is the arbiter of truth in that case? Mm -hmm. Right? There was an uh, there was that story recently with the um, that politician who was running for conservative leadership, Pat uh, Brown. Right, and he 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 was accused of something with. Uh, sexual relations or, mm -hmm. or something. Pat, Patrick Brown? Yeah, and, and turns out, no, he was completely cleared of all those charges. So is the, the media outlet that was pushing those stories, are they to be held accountable? Were they were pushing misinformation at the time? Or are they allowed to just say, well, this, we went on the information that we knew? And apologize. And apologize. Who are the arbiters <laughs> of truth? You have to think for yourself. When it comes to physical precious metals, one of the biggest reasons why people are getting involved right now is because real-world inflation is clearly – you can use your own senses and see that inflation is north of 10 percent. It's not misinformation. Take – if you have 100000 in the bank, go take out $10,000 cash, burn it. That's what's happening right now. That's how fast your dollar is being depreciated. Your currency is being depreciated. That's not to say that you're getting 10, 15% returns on, on your stock market portfolio, which is not happening right now, unless you're an insider, unless you know a lot more than the next person. And hey, if you're that smart, then you don't need gold. Mm -hmm. I always think of gold as a little bit like, like Rocky, you know, <laughs> maybe not the swiftest, but the moral code 
the moral compass is straight. Straight and narrow. That's right. right. And, and just keeps digging forward. Eye of the Tiger. My, one of my son's favorite songs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's inflation. There's the, the lack of gains in the stock market. You know, how much more can, the, can real estate go if they're raising interest rates? These are all questions to be asked. But certainly to protect against inflation, gold has done the job. In 20 years, it's up 450% in Canadian dollars. Mm -hmm. That is protection against inflation. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Lots more to come here on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, where, where should we go next? Should we talk about the nickel market or should we talk about the Stop Russian Gold Act? I think the, uh, yeah, the Stop Russian Gold Act. What's okay. going on with the LBMA? All right, so... This this got put out by Bullion Star Ronan Manley. He's he's really really good. Um, he's out of I think Ireland with Bullion Star. Writes great articles. This one he talks about what's going on with the Stop Russian Gold Act. And what he does is he builds this article by kind of going through the dates. So we know that there's the London Bullion Market Association. So all of the products that we have at Guildhall are London Bullion Market Association approved. They're on the good delivery bar list. Mm -hmm. um, and what that means is that all of the refiners are sourcing the product ethically. They're refining to the proper purity of 99.99 for gold, for instance. They're fashioning to the proper weights and measures of the bars. One ounce is one ounce across all the different refiners. And they're handling a, a global amount of business. Now, if you meet all those criteria, you're put on the good delivery bar list, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, there's also the COMEX, which is uh, the, the, the price discovery mechanism for precious metals, and it's principally paper. They've got physical, but it's being drained at a, at a pretty rapid clip in, in the market, especially over the last year. You know, over the last year, the price of metal wasn't moving a whole lot, and people would say, what's going on? How come it's not moving? say, listen, you... You have to look at what's going at the COMEX mm -hmm. and see how fast that inventory is being drained. It might not look like there's anything going on in the surface, but, but believe me, the scenes. under the surface and behind the scenes, there is a lot going on. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's hard to impart to to people because, um, you know, they, it, it's more about the price action. But sometimes you can't learn everything just by watching a price. For sure. You have to dig deeper. Okay, so here here's what we've got. The LBMA and COMEX essentially both put out notifications um, in February, late February, that they were thinking about, you know, stopping Russian gold and the refiners. And it was just kind of interesting that they kind of put it out there but didn't do anything about it. And then eventually what happened is on March 7th, the LBMA finally moved to announce that they were suspending six LBMA-accredited Russian precious metals refiners. Now remember, they've all met the same criteria, and have been over year over year been fine. Yeah, and here's here was something else that else that was kind of really interesting about it. They said 
Gold produced prior to March 7th, 2022, totally fine. <laughs> so if it's in our vaults, it's okay. We're not sending it back. If it's in our vaults, we'll consider it fine. It's okay. It's okay because we have it here. But this is basically leading up to the fact that they were stalling, okay, for the introduction of the Stop the Russian Gold Act. So if we were searching for clues of collusion between the government and bullion banks and bullion uh, exchanges, mm -hmm. I think you've got it. The fact that they were stalling, they stalled, and then boom, the, the, the Russian act comes out on March, 9th, uh, March 7th. 7th. Mm -hmm. okay. So what is, the, what is this all about? Well, they want to stop any transactions of Russian gold okay, um, from any U.S. entity. Mm -hmm. So if you're dealing with Russia, you can't accept their gold. That's all it is. So they're cutting off Russia's ability to sell physical gold to the U.S. Now, that seems a little silly, doesn't it, Jerry? Absolutely. What, what seems kind of dumb to you about this? They require the gold. They require this. Listen, gold, Russia is a massive producer of gold, and they're now cut off. And they need the support. The comics needs the metal. The LBMA requires the metal. So this is a massive standoff. And I don't think they'll forget. Are they going to just allow them and, 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 and revoke this, this sanctioning of these seven LBMA oh, so approved gold refiners and let them back in? I don't, think that, I don't think so. Okay, so your first reaction to this article is... Wait a minute. Doesn't the comics need physical gold? Of course. Aren't they cutting themselves off despite their face that they need this physical gold because it's paper market? And we saw what happened in the nickel market because of paper. It. Yep. That if you don't have the physical and you can't get the physical because you've just put sanctions on, a, on another country to not accept their gold. Now, ironically, they'll accept their oil. <laughs> right. Accept the gas, but not the gold. No. It's really two-faced uh, it doesn't make sense on the one hand but on the other hand it's really a, a flip-flop and we're seeing flip-flops everywhere nowadays with invoking this and revoking that um, pricing in right hikes and folding it back we a lot of flip-flops but we're talking about the gold market the largest market in the world the most important market in the world he who has the gold makes the rules and we'll see what LBMA has to say. We knew that prior to COVID, uh, sorry, at the beginning and the onset of COVID, they, made, they wrote a little missive out to the public saying, had this silver squeeze continued for another week, we, would have right. had, we wouldn't have had enough silver to cover everything. Yeah, they tamped down the market, quote unquote. Yes. So this is nothing, nothing has changed. This is being amplified now. They're poking the bear. And you don't want, with regards to gold, you cannot be, you cannot, um, you can't bite the hand that that's feeding the market. I had a couple other thoughts about it. The fact that it's a very slippery slope for the LBMA to decide, um, you know, we're we're just not gonna we're just gonna take you arbitrarily off the list. You haven't done like the the, the refiners haven't done anything. It's like saying it's like saying. As an example, I don't know what theory you, the CCP did something, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, punish just these seven. We're but gonna what punish to the rest. Punish these companies in China as a result, right? Mm -hmm. Because of something the government did. Mm -hmm. that, now, I think the other part of this, to me, my first reaction to this was, 
Ah, right. Because unlike Venezuela, Russian gold is in Russia. Right. So the the government can't seize it the way they did to the to the Venezuelan gold that was in the London central banks. Right. So if they can't seize it or just say we're not letting you take it out, which means we can lease it out and we we can use it as collateral and all these sorts of things that that they can do if the if it's in their vault. Sure. Since it's not in their vault and it's in Russia somewhere. Mm-hmm. They're saying it to me. It's so kindergarten. It's like, well, that's not real gold. Yeah, yeah. That gold doesn't that that gold doesn't count, <laughs> right? In the meantime, I don't think Russia's looking to sell their gold to anyone in the U.S. I think if they did need to to boost their currency or whatever it was, I think they've got lots of trading partners who are going to take that gold. Mm-hmm. So it just seems kind of weird the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, with their gold positioning and their gold in their central banks and gold that is not even reported, they have already established themselves away from the Russian ruble outside of the SWIFT system. They've already pivoted. The sanctions were there a long time ago. So when you when you start getting sanctioned once, twice, you're out of it. You're you're you are you have given up with with the with the powers that be. You're going to disassociate yourself with with that old guard and move on to a new one. This is what's happening to people. If if us, if we who have an opinion that differs from the masses, they're going to sanction you once. They may do it again. And this is why Canadians, this is why the people, this is why we've been so busy. It's just the amount of volume steamrolling into physical silver and, and gold is is astronomical. The volume is we've never seen this type of this type of price action, this type of moves in the behind the scenes. I mean, we're seeing the spreads widening in in, in physical silver, which is further proof of the of the physical silver news tightening. We'll, we'll jump into that in just a second. Let's just close. Let's just wrap the the bow on this one, um, and end it with on March seventh, Zoltan Pozar, the guru of global financial infrastructure who works with Credit Suisse, I'm quoting from the article here, came out with an astounding report titled Bretton Woods 3, in which he says, quote, we are witnessing the birth of Bretton Woods 3, a new world monetary order centered around commodity-based currencies in the East that will likely weaken the Eurodollar system and also contribute to inflationary forces in the West. A crisis is unfolding, a crisis of commodities. Commodities are collateral, and collateral is money. And this crisis is about the rising allure of outside money over inside money. Bretton Woods, too, was built on inside money, and its foundations crumbled a week ago when the G7 seized Russia's FX reserves. End quote. The Fed's dead. Jerry, the Fed's dead. 100%. So the money printing is going to keep going. They're, they might try to raise interest rates. They'll, they'll surely reverse course. We've asked on the show multiple times, is it just bad monetary policy? Or do they know what they're doing? Does build back better mean you have to start with nothing? Is that where they're taking this? Because they could easily start the pipeline up and be energy independent again. They're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, if I'm not mistaken, but they won't protect their own borders in the States. Hmm. There's a lot of things that are just, hmm, yeah. 
this doesn't make sense. So I feel that a lot of people today are buying precious metals because they are preparing for this could just be the opening, the prelude to massive inflation. It's either a crazy recession, depression, hyperinflationary depression maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But what you can see, follow the trend, the money printing has happened quicker and quicker and quicker, right? The mm-hmm. debts are growing faster, faster, faster. Yeah. Inflation is bigger, 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 bigger. And now they're hitting you in all these different directions and you're kind of saying, how do I get out of this? How do I stop the, stop the, the craziness, stop the madness? I got to have no counterparty risk. I got to have some physical gold. Some last mo- thoughts here on that? Creating a reserve that is decoupled away from the failing currencies, decoupled away from financial instruments, financial systems, and coupling it with global liquidity. Gold is the largest market cap globally. You'll never be cornered. When they try to corner you, will, you will be able to pivot into whatever currency you'd like. Swiss franc, Japanese yen, U.S. dollar, or even the new currency that gets rolled in. You'll never be cornered with gold and silver. Remember to give us a call and talk to, you, talk to us about the best allocation for you, factoring in the ratios, factoring in the U.S. dollar, Canadian dollar uh, prices, and, uh, and get positioned today. On that note, Jerry, with, with the action that we're seeing currently in the market, which is something, to be honest, I have never seen. We saw a bit of it when COVID first hit, and we saw a bit of it when Wall Street bets uh, were trying to you know, uh, do the silver squeeze last February, but nothing to this level. Not the type of like, now is the time I'm getting into the market. Are we at the beginning of a multi-year bull run? Is this, is this it in your mind? Is, are we here? Are we at the precipice in the silver market, that is? Mm-hmm. You know, considering what we, what we saw um, with, the, with, with the silver squeeze 1.0 that happened a couple of years ago last year. To, to last year to now, um, I do believe that, I mean, if we look at the gold's cup and handle and silver's cup and handle formation that we flagged a few months ago, it's, very, it's looking more and more of a perfect storm as a potential strong breakout for continuing uh for a continuing bull cycle here as goldman sachs has indicated that we have entered into a multi uh, a decades long bull run so upside looks more and more likely from here on in and we have about 30 seconds what about downside if someone's looking at this for the first time they're saying well what if it goes down that's a that's a legitimate question what if it goes down jerry well there are more reasons for topside than any than any on the downside. So that's how we should be weighing your decision. What are the downside factors? Maybe elimination of uh, the amount of debt, which is impossible. Uh, maybe they'll start growing. Maybe our, our, our nations will start growing again and start uh, you know, chipping away at the debt with some really good growth GDP, but you have stagflation, you have inflation eroding at everything. So as I try to reconcile if we're gonna be going up or what are the p- potentials of, uh, of, a, of a short-term dip, you know, it could be a peace agreement. It could be some sort of a peace agreement in, in Ukraine and Russia that could be an immediate uh, knee-jerk reaction on the downside for silver and gold. But we will then pivot back to the inflationary factor. Yeah, I see, any, of- I see any drops as a paper drop, not necessarily what it's going to still cost you to buy the actual physical product in the real world. Because when the, you tr- track this back to its source, someone's got to mine it, and that costs money. So yeah. there's a minimum as to what this thing can cost. Can't drop to zero. I really think we're talking pennies to the downside, dollars to the upside. It's more about being positioned than about trying to be savvy about trying to catch the perfect price, right? Exactly. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640, and we'll be right back. 
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We're going to talk about nickel and how what we've recently seen in the nickel market could easily happen in the silver market. But first, I want to talk about misinformation. Kind of mentioned it at the top of the show, Jerry, about who is the actual arbiter of truth. Because being in the gold market, we've observed that the mainstream media has hated gold the entire time. They'd have someone come on who'd be positive gold, talk about what's happening in the market, and those people would instantly not be invited back. Now, if we listened to everything that the mainstream media said about gold, then we wouldn't get involved. Mm -hmm. But of course, since 2008, the price of gold's gone from, I think it was like $800 to now it's $2,000, right? So if we hadn't been involved, we would have missed that. Mm -hmm. Plus, because there's been times it went a bit higher. Um, same thing with, with your advisors, you know, everyone poo-poos gold when you're trying to take, when you're trying to take their, their money away, right? No offense. I mean, I definitely see purposes for using, uh, an advisor. I don't know much about the stock market, mm -hmm. right? I would want to use an advisor. Now this isn't, this is an advice. We're not advisors. I'm just saying that that's a professional who you should use if you, you know, don't feel comfortable making those type of decisions on your own. Right. Um, and when it comes to gold, you know, you can see what it's done over the last bunch of years, not just what they say in the newspapers. You can observe it. You can look at the charts. I would, I would urge you to look at the Canadian dollar version of, of gold specifically. Yeah. Because in the last 20 years, it's had four down years, three of which were less than 5%, two were less than 2%. And one was 23% after a full decade of almost every year being double digit gains. So if I listened to the media, I would have never bought gold. All right. So are they misinformation? Or do you just have to think for yourself? Discernment is key, Jeremy. I think that this time, this junction in life, we have to um, discern every area uh, uh, that affects us, whether it be the food that we eat, the health decisions that we make, the financial decisions that we make, uh, you know, even the, the, the decisions for our children's schooling. I think these are very important decisions that we all have to make. A discernment uh, becomes key. And filtering through the, the noise, everything is very noisy today. And what gold offers is, you know, trust when there isn't trust. It's a very simple, seamless asset class that offers so much of potential, both on the wealth insurance side of things and topside potential. Going from 800 to 2,000 is a, is, and, and staying where we are, and knowing that we have some more topside potential is, is imperative to really filter through and understand that this is something for your portfolio. This is probably something for your future, and that's something you can bank on uh, knowing that you know, 20 years from now, that gold, that one ounce of gold will still buy you a suit, a well-tailored suit, whereas our $10,000 that you have in the bank will be worthless. Yeah, it's interesting to talk about price versus value because I think sometimes people will look at the price of gold and say, oh, that's expensive. Well, compared to what? You know, 
uh, $2,000 compared to $30 trillion in debt in the U.S. or $300 trillion global debt, not including unfunded liability or um, or the borrowing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you're the additional borrowing, then you'd kind of say, oh, actually, that's probably pretty cheap. When you look at, at over history, what gold has bought you in terms of value, what does it buy you, you can start to say, oh, it's, it is actually undervalued. You mm-hmm. know, in, in, in 1980, gold hit one to one against the Dow. Gold traded at 850. The Dow traded at 850. That's one to one. In 2011, it hit four to one against the Dow and gold traded up at around $1,900 an ounce. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I think we're at 18 to 1 against the Dow. It, today, it takes 650 plus ounces to buy an average home in Toronto. Whereas in 1980, you could have bought uh, a house in Rosedale for about 200, 250 ounces of gold, which today, by the way, t- takes thousands of ounces, like double digit kilo bars. <laughs> so the idea is price is what you pay, value is what you get. And not only has gold kept up with with the pace of inflation, but it's still undervalued. Now, let's talk about the silver market. Now, the silver market is really controlled by the paper market. You can see that in the widening of the margins. As the mm-hmm. margins to be able to buy it in the physical world continue to rise, case in point, three years ago, if you wanted to buy a 100-ounce bar of silver, it'd be $1.20 over spot. Today, it's close to $4 over yeah. spot. Mm-hmm. And we're only trading at $26, $27 an ounce. It's not like silver's trading at $50, $100 an ounce. Right. But Jerry, talk to us about what happened in the, in the nickel market over the past week. Obviously, that had to do with what's going on uh, with Russia or the stance against Russia and the narrative there. But what happened in that market and what, what can we take away from that market that could happen in the silver market? So we noticed that uh, with the Russian sanctioning uh, underway, Russia was uh, is a massive producer of of metals, and is now cut off uh, from the LME, which is the London Metal Exchange. So here was a story from the AFR on nickel, um, where it where it spiked on the Russian forces in the market. The price of nickel traded in London rocketed as much as ninety percent in one day to a record high as fears of a Russian supply shock left buyers and its buyers of its highly quality output exposed to a short-term squeeze in one of the wildest sessions in living memory. The metal uh, smashed through previous highs of 2011 or 2007. What this has done, it's, it, this explosive move was triggered by reports that holders of Russian metal physically stored in the London Metals Exchange warehouses had relinquished, relinquished their holdings, causing liquidity to swiftly deteriorate as sellers rushed to the sidelines. This forced investors with short positions to buy back the positions, adding to the mood of the chaos. And out of that, one of China's largest banks fails to pay a margin a margin call after that monster nickel squeeze which was the uh, chinese uh, the china's construction bank corp one of the one of china's big four banks they actually had to get uh, permission and additional time by the lme to pay hundreds of millions of dollars in margin calls so what this has shown us is that there is a there is a paper market and a and a delivery market at a head on right now and we're seeing this as ed steer wrote in a missive last week that he mentioned about silver, where behind the technical scene, there is some really big 
pressures in the physical silver market. Just hold that right yeah. there. We're going to pick it up on the next segment. Good to go. The number one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show. AM640, we'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, we were just talking about the nickel market, and Ed Steer had some comments about silver. Uh, and the paper market as well. Absolutely. So what's happening in the silver market, there is a lot of funds being, people are piling into physical everything, everything physical, physical gold, physical silver, allocating the, the even the nickel market uh, as fears of inflation have turned into fear of hyperinflation causing uh, commodities, hard commodities uh, to get a lot of attention. But behind the scenes, uh, we're noticing, as Ed Steer wrote, a lot of ounces being added into the funds, uh, but a lot of ounces, about 4 billion ounces of silver were actually removed. Um, and it was a huge withdrawal out of Deutsche Bank last week. Forgotten is the fact that there is approximately 20 to 25 million troy ounces of physical silver still owed to the ETF SLV. Whoa. Still, How many ounces are owed? According to Ted Butler, uh, who is a comic silver analyst specialist the silver guru himself well says, next to next to david morgan but yes right 20 25 million troy ounces still owed to the comic to the so people are buying to the into SLV. the into the slv but there's no physical there they're still waiting on deliveries to to back it up with the purchases yeah and we're not talking about a thousand ounces waiting for delivery we're talking about 20 to 25 million troy ounces of physical silver yet to be delivered in the slv which is the reason why they they revise their, their prospectus. So if you're thinking that you're in SLV and you have some physical silver, this thing is exposed. They're not going to be able to deliver, and they don't have the physical silver to back it up. So this is the problem. When you have a relatively small, small market, just like silver or just like nickel, that is gro so grotesque, grotesquely exposed to derivative markets, which silver most certainly is, Yes, things can break, and those who own the physical silver will win. Because when the market breaks and when everyone takes delivery, and we're seeing Deutsche Bank taking delivery now of physical, it exposes these asset classes for what they are, just a shell, an empty piece of paper, a promissory note, which means nothing. And then the paper price itself can just go to the moon. Absolutely. The paper price that has been used, uh, that has been um, kept down with the, the supply of paper coming onto the market, that that gets uh, that explodes. I do find it interesting that that people are are getting into the market when silver is not at all time highs. That they're getting into the market when silver is relatively cheap, higher premium, but still relatively cheap. Um, when we think about the ratios and whether it goes to thirty five to one against gold as it did in two thousand eleven, or sixteen to one, which is the historic norm that it hit in nineteen eighty, or perhaps the mining norm, which is I think eight to one right mm -hmm. now, the, the the potential in the market is absolutely extraordinary, and there definitely seems you know you mentioned the word breaking, markets breaking, and I feel like there's definitely a sense in the market and marketplace that the the confidence in markets overall 
is breaking down somewhat and the faith in that it's going to hold itself together is is quickly falling apart too so it's it's not just one factor it's not just oh digital id i'm worried that the bank might seize my account because i'm uh you know because of groupthink or i'm thinking a certain way and i'm not allowed to think a certain way um which is crazy but maybe it's the inflation side of things maybe it's just wow inflation is really rearing its ugly head it's not like it was Five years ago, when inflation was suggested to be two percent, and in the real world it was five percent, but you, you don't really notice that until after like five, six years, ten years, where you say, "Oh, man, I need to, I need to make another fifty thousand a year if I want to keep up." Mm-hmm. So now it's so obvious, and this idea of breaking, I think maybe people are are, are seeing that and trying to get out of harm's way exactly. with regard to the markets. Exactly. We, we've seen some headlines over the past week that only 18% of Americans say their wages are keeping up with the, place, with the pace of soaring inflation. And further, the real, real wages declined 12 times in the last 14 months through inflation. Inflation is hitting the bottom line of even some of the major, major institutions. J.P. Morgan said that because of inflation, it's going to hurt our bottom line and their, and their, stank, their, their stock starts to, starts to tumble. It's hurting the bottom line of the producers of these commodities that we that we so rely on. Perhaps it's it's hurting Pfizer, which is why they might be going private. Exactly. I don't know. That's probably <laughs> the reason why, Jeremy. I think I you thought it was interesting nail about on the that head. one. Um, yeah. No. This is about protecting wealth, getting out of harm's way, making sure that you have no counterparty risk, and having a properly diversified portfolio. Jerry, we didn't answer the question of gold versus silver. Uh, quickly, do you want to take a minute to, to discuss that? Well, even, yeah, right now we're seeing that uh, gold or silver over the past uh, year has gone up from about 22 to $26, which is about 25% this year alone, uh, making up the gains from last year's dip. Um, but we're seeing the move of gold heading over 2000 and creating a nice support over 2000 now. Silver to gold ratio is not 60 we're at 77 to 1. So it's silver even more undervalued versus gold. So we analyze the gold and silver to, go- silver to gold ratio. Silver is a buy. Try to get your hands on it. The premiums are, are going through the roof. Delivery delays are abounding. But we're Guildhall. We'll deliver that product to you. We have a 20-year track record in this market. We're on AM640. We're talking to you about what's happening. We told you to get involved last year. But we're doing our very best, and our apologies for not getting back to you. We've been so busy and swamped, but we'll, we'll, we'll hear from you uh, in the near term. Yeah, I see gold as really the wealth protector. Whatever happens in the gold market is amplified in silver. So at minimum, you want some exposure to that because when it, silver starts going, it's very exciting. If you're looking to build wealth, not necessarily protect it, I, I would think as well maybe you want to look more at silver as well. So great to have a bit of both. They're both going to do their job. Silver has a lot more opportunity. Jerry, that was it. Awesome. That does it for another edition of The Real Money Show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you. And also thank everyone for their patience. It has been tough to get to everybody, but we are doing our best as far as inventories are concerned. There's lots of product constantly on order, so stuff is coming in constantly. So the wait times are not that big for now. But don't don't hesitate. Get in while you can. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. It's the real money show. 
on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.